So, how you been? We missed you on the last episode. Uh, yeah, it feels like it's been forever since I've been here. How's it feel? Feels good. Feels feels right. Okay, so, um, as you guys know, last week, Antonio wasn't with us because life has been busy. Yeah. So, here we are with episode eight. Do you want to give anybody any updates about your life? Any sun cost moments in the last couple of weeks for you? Um... I don't have, actually don't have any uh, sun cost moments, but... That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I went through like a, <laughs> what feels like a identity crisis last night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> last night? Yeah, How come? pretty intense. Oh, because you, you were probably talking to mom. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that happens. Mm, and she was just like, I think for the first time in a while, mm-hmm. we just like spoke to each other. That's good. Yeah. Like, and, uh, uh, not son to mom. Right, You right. kind of felt like two adults talking. Right. It was yeah. just like I was hanging out with someone that was just, like, much wiser. And okay. we were just kind of going back and forth. And, uh, I mean, it was it was difficult because she was asking me, like, challenging questions, really. Yeah. But. Um, <sighs> Did she help you get in there a little bit? A little. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Were um, you feeling receptive at all? I don't know. I was like. I was also feeling a little, uh, what's the word? I guess like remorseful because it felt like I was having the same conversation you and I had earlier. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just like a I had an attitude change or something. Or yeah. I don't know because I was pretty sharp with you. Yeah. But uh, with mom, I don't know. It just wasn't. Yeah. And I don't maybe I was dead tired cuz I was pretty tired but <clears throat> they were challenging questions. They were yeah. like uh questions about like myself and yeah. my outlook on life and what I'm really looking to do and things. which are hard questions. Yeah, yeah, you know, and especially I pride not pride but I'm focused on this year Mm -hmm. i'm on a journey of like self-discovery so yeah um that was pretty big and i was thinking about it like all night basically that's good yeah what about you i've been pretty good just been busy doing the same old thing in a cycle parenting Mm. i'm just ready for school to be over i don't know if i'm gonna put the girls in school in summer school which i say that but i'm gonna put them in summer school So I've just been like getting lost in Animal Crossings, really. Look, that game is serious, man. And it's not even like because from like a place of like a second life. It just feels more like, I don't know, like I like building things. I like to be able to like go from the ground up. I like to break it down. I like to move it around. I like things that are tangible. But I'm. it's interesting to like see my island like have new people that live there. Right, right. They just kind of appear like, oh, this place seems habitable. Yeah, like I've been like buying plots so that people can move in. And then I'm like, I'm looking at it from the place of like. A mayor. Yeah, but also like real life. Right. For example, like, you know, there's a way where I can spend like $10,000. In the game, it's bells. Bells, yep. But in life, you know, I've spent $10,000 to buy a plot. And so the way that I get money in return is through miles, like uh, Sky Miles or whatever. (laughs) And then with my miles, I can buy stuff for the island. But then with my other, with my actual money, I can also Mm -hmm. buy things for the island too. Hmm. But the return is not as, doesn't 
feel or is doesn't look as good. I feel like I'm losing by having this island. So like gotcha. I'll spend ten grand to like get a plot to sell. Yep. But I don't get money back. I get a thousand miles. I can do a thousand I can get I can get a thousand miles just by like planting a couple of trees and like fishing mm. and catching a butterfly. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a So it's like why would I endless investment with no but with minimal returns. Yeah, I get no return. I'm like I you're giving me <clears throat> literally I have no incentive to like sell more plots. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Right, to bring more people on. Yeah, so I'm just kind of like, I don't. I'm gonna do it because I think this is part of the game. But yeah. I'm definitely feeling a little. We had a crossroads. Like, no, I just kind of feel like okay, this is this. This feels like life. Like what you put in, <laughs> the return isn't always as doesn't. The return doesn't look like what you the value you put in it. Mm -hmm. You get something else back. Yeah, maybe and, it'll take a while too. And it's and it comes back less. Mm -hmm. so then i have to do more to get back but it always i still feel like i get the same i don't know it's, and you're like constantly doing it for others yeah which i sense. actually don't mind mm -hmm. i really like doing things for other people especially like building things or because i find i'm mentally a really like i've become more organized mm. and i feel like i come from a place of like solution i'm much more solution oriented than i've ever been in my entire life mm. and i think that comes from like motherhood yeah. because for oh, them i need to find solutions to things <clears throat> that makes total sense or i need to like come to we have to come with a, come up with solutions together right so i'm much more like swift and quick and like i get to it i don't like spend a lot of time going around in circles like yeah. i get to it because i don't have time because now i have to go fix put out another fire out yeah so i find myself being like enjoying the parts like i moved one of my residents because i wanted to like lay out my um my island where i had like one side was residential mm -hmm. i'm at the top of the hill obviously obviously and I'm taking the whole top as my <laughs> like millionaire home. So you're, you're uh, what's a uh, what's the guy's name in Emperor's New Groove? Cusco's he it's uh John Goodman, John Goodman's character. I don't I don't know their names. Uh, well, I know what you're. You know I know who I'm talking. I know you're talking about. Yeah, he's I, got the house on the hill. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like I have my house. I have my little farming side. I have mm -hmm. my pool with my bamboo trees. Yep. I got a pond. I got the whole setup. You know, I got like a. I got like a outdoor pool on the rocks by the beach, like Damn. almost like a. Um, I I think of them as like sutra baths. They're like natural pools. Oh, like springs. Not springs. Um, San Francisco has them, and like there's a lot in Australia. It's like a nat. It's like a pool that's been made from the ocean, but mm. just elevated. So like the water that that hits the rocks, the, the shore it fills the pool oh, and so when it's at gotcha. high tide it fills the pool and then when it's low tide it now it's like a ocean beach i mean ocean pool um hmm. just kind of like living amongst nature it's it's gorgeous like right. if you ever get to go to san francisco i always tell people go to the sutra baths it's like my favorite place to go yeah that sounds really i really want to check that out yeah it's oh my goodness i anyway i could talk about san francisco all day <laughs> but so you know i kind of have like a setup like that um so I have like one side is residential and then the other side by the museum, I'm also making it a little bit more residential. And mm. I just like moved tank. 
name of a character in Animal Crossing. Yes, he's a know. rhinoceros. Right. And he's got an amiibo also. He, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's problematic. He, he um yeah, he's he's really interesting. I thought he was obsessed with me, but <laughs> turns out him and Patty might have a thing together. Oh, that's right. You Patty. dropped a letter or uh, you gave something to Tank that yes. was related to Patty. That's Patty right. gave me a present for Tank. So then I was the messenger because I'm the mayor. And I <laughs> delivered it to Tank and Tank was like obsessed with it. And then I went back to Patty because I can't type. I'm only given like two oh, things like to prompts. pick. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, prompts. And so she asked me, she was like, did you give the sweater to Tank? And I was like... The only prompts he gave me was, well, well, and the other one was like, I haven't, I don't know what he said. And I was like, I hit well, because I thought she was going to say more. Mm -hmm. But then Patty like started spiraling and was like, oh, that's okay. Maybe he hasn't tried it on yet. And I was like, are are these? Patty. Patty. And then she was like, well, you know what? At least he knows it's the thought that matters. And I was like, what is happening on my island right now? Wow. So you're basically. They're really fresh. You're uh, Love Island. A little bit, and then I have this like You're cunt named Agnes, uh, who oh my god, I I I really hate her. <laughs> We're frenemies right now on the island. Um, I I decided to um, take the trees away that I planted by her plot and put oh. Tank right in the middle because I'm Patty like that. So I just moved Tank. I moved Tank in front of Patty, who he likes, mm-hmm. and in front of Agnes, who I hate. Tank's my man right now. He's gotcha. my dude, you know. He's and, your second, like your right hand. Yeah, he's always coming by my house. He's always checking in on me. He's always gifting me things. That's why I thought he was obsessed with me. Yeah. But it turns I'm, out that's just who he is. Wow. I thought it was really nice. I, I, I ended up gifting him a like. Um, I wonder how Patty feels about that behavior, though. Well, it was before. When uh, she came around, he was more like just chill. I, ha- gotcha. I haven't really. And since I moved, I haven't really spoken to him because we were neighbors before. Mm. So. I move, you know, tank in front of Patty since they kind of have a little thing going on. Right, and that's nice. kind of my new residential area. Nice touch. And my frenemy, Agnes, <laughs> you know, she calls me Snuffle. Oh, no. And I'm like, I am March. I am not <laughs> Snuffle. Yeah. No. I don't know if I need to go to Isabel and tell her, like, I need to talk to you about a resident. But then when she's like, did something really happen? I'm like, you know, something, nothing really happened. I just don't want her here. And, and then Isabel is for the listeners who don't. Oh know. yeah, sorry, I'm like in a trance. So <laughs> Isabel is basically like Tom Nooks. Tom is the person, the corporation who bought the island. Mm-hmm. Who I'm basically paying. Who I'm basically servicing for, serving as a mayor. <clears throat> but I can't do anything on the island without Tom's permission because he provides the construction, mm-hmm. layout, all that. Isabel is his manager, so. Tom does big picture stuff. Isabel does <laughs> a little business stuff. So Tom is. Uh, um, so Tom is Tom, and Isabel is uh, cousin Greg. Ah, uh, I was gonna say that's you knew that I was alluding to, so I'm glad yeah. you picked up on that. But how could I forget Shakespeare's name? Tom is Jeremy Strong. No big picture. Big picture. Jeremy big picture. Strong. Oh, Kendall. Kendall. You're talking about Kendall. Yeah, Thomas Kendall and Okay, you're talking that you're saying Thomas Kendall. Right. In okay. this in this in your uh Animal Crossing scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomas Kendall, big picture, big picture, lots of words, resources, resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said Isabel's cousin Greg? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, would that make Oh, you're saying 
Animal Crossing Tom is Tom um, Wongsby. Wongsby's. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's better. Like they both think they're in charge, <laughs> which they are. But I'm, tr- I'm. I'll ultimately become Logan Roy in this situation. Mm. But for now. So you enjoy Tom's challenges. Yeah, Tom's kind of like, oh, I can't do this. I'm like, sure, I can't do mm. this or that. Which, I mean, technically, I really can't. So <laughs> maybe it's just all me. But Isabel, she's um, the puppy. I think she's a puppy. And she yes. um, is second in command to Tom. And she does the day-to-day residential is businesses. Mm. You know, the she looks after, like, the the rating of the island oh wow so i can go to her to see how my island's being so rated she's like a property manager yeah so she's like the property manager gotcha. precisely and um so yeah so i'm not gonna go to i'm not gonna go to isabel to talk to her about like agnes because agnes just gets on my nerves so she calls me snuffle and she hasn't really asked me if i like that nickname i we literally just met and she called me snuffle excuse me i don't i don't have a cold why do you call right. me Snuffles? Also, how can Agnes talk to anyone about names? She's a fucking pig. Her name is Agnes. <laughs> you know, um, and then there's another one. Her name's not Patty. It's it's the other one. I forget her name. I, she, the alligator. I, oh, right, 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 right. I forget her name. I wasn't sure if I was even going to invite her over to the island. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, you're going to get some more residents, I'm assuming. Yeah, and then um, she calls me snacky, and I don't appreciate that either. So <laughs> you know, but 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 those two. Um, she sounds salty. Maybe you went over one time, and I think I took too long to invite her over to my island. Mm. I, I just wasn't sure if that I wanted a gator on my island. True, That's, I think I'm seems like totally a... allowed. Especially, well, she lives in front of a fox, so I feel like you know yeah and then i have a cell bot who like also lives there so i don't know what he is i just, just kind of like <laughs> if we, there's an alien invasion i'm gonna just look to you mm-hmm. it's the um, only so option. He, he's like the how of the island a little bit gotcha um and so yes yeah, so i'm like kind of like just been getting lost in like you know the playground gossip and <laughs> island building of my island of the animal crossing of animal crossing the one thing it's a deep game it's a deep game yeah and like the one thing i do miss or like i'm ready for i think a little bit mm-hmm. is maybe to go visit other people's islands gotcha not necessarily have visitors on my island mine is a private highly exclusive island but i mm. want to see what other people's islands look like which i have i think when we go into a dream state which again you know, I'm I'm really just kind of talking in the flow. Yeah, it's of, like a really trippy sequence. Actually. It's like I can go to sleep. Instead of going to sleep and putting like, the game away, I can go to sleep and then go to somebody else's island, mm-hmm. who I think their island is, like, available because it's, like, turned off. They've turned off their... Like, I don't know. It's really, like, meta huh. and then very, like, <laughs> There's trippy. There's also, like, an elephant dream controller yes she's kind of like my guide my dream guide she kind of takes me to the other side a little God. bit so isn't there like a one of the indian hindu gods is an elephant yes i think it's ganesha that's right geisha ganesha. definitely ganesha ganesha ganesha, ganesha. ganesha. yeah it's totally you. there's an anime with a character that's ganesha totally yeah, yeah. so so yeah so it's it's been really fun and I was not anticipating liking it. Mm. Mike had texted me. He's like, hey, I'm at this place. Like, I'm thinking about getting 
do you want to get Animal Crossings? And I was like, I mean, I don't need it. Like, I'll play. Oof, and he was like, I'm that. just going to get it. And if you like it, you like it. And then I haven't been able <laughs> I haven't stopped playing it. And I got it in March. And we're at the end of April. So Nice. So, yeah. This is very exciting for me as well. Yeah. I'm he, happy. He assumes that I've, Mike, not you, not right. Antonio, but my, my husband, Mike, he assumes that I've been playing for 100 hours, which I think it's insane. I, I probably mean, played like 30 hours. I probably put 30 in about 30 hours yeah. over two months. A month and a half. Month and a half? Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, I play like two hours a day. So six weeks. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it's, yeah, then it's definitely not 100 hours. But, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Maybe. I've watched 100 hours of television for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Minimum. But not gaming. Minimum. At minimum, so not gaming. I mean, I don't. I, a hundred hours is a lot of hours to not put yet. in. Not <laughs> yet. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I I also like enjoy watching them play, mm. but this is the one thing that's like just mine that I right. like can kind of like hide in a corner sometimes when I like do not want to be bothered. Yeah, something that I thought was like really cool as a fellow gamer mm-hmm. is um, March and Babe. Uh, were out and about yesterday and when they got home it was kind of late but even then march popped into the living room and was like hey excuse me i'm gonna grab this switch i got some stuff to do and i was like that was totally a gamer move and i'm so proud of you <laughs> no i mean i was like i hadn't even talked to chai and i invited chai over to my campsite mm. and i didn't even get to speak to her and i was like she's gonna leave at 5 a.m and i had to like say hello uh that's awesome yeah, that so that's awesome. that's really what what I've been up to lately is just playing games. Oh, that's, so it's been really fun. It's a lot better than crises, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, when it rains, it pours. When it's like one crisis, they all kind of have to happen at once. That's true. You and know, it's fucking tsunamiing right now for me. Really, so. you're really going through it. Yeah, because it's not just identity, it's like existential. Yeah, just a lot going on right now. I think I'm like, just I'm knee deep in my Saturn's return damn yeah in it you're I'm peaking in it right now oh or you think yeah at least it feels that way yeah like yeah, feel, yeah from your explanation of what it is and when it happens and what it represents it feels like i'm deep in it yeah right you now. probably have like two more years to go oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and that that's at the that's at the most mm-hmm. i would say that's at the most like i'll give yourself two more years yeah. to still unpack okay because there's still so much more to do and once you have done that and you feel like oh i'm safe there's gonna be a jupiter's return (sighs) you're right that you have to deal with (laughs) so you know i'm sure my jupiter's return is on his way Mm. that's like the one after after saturn is there a is that one fixed as far as like timing timing so it's it's about the same so Saturn, it takes like 30 years to go around the sun. Mm -hmm. And how long does Jupiter take? That's a great question. We could find out real quick. Yeah. Unless you already went through a Jupiter's return. Because Jupiter comes before Saturn, right? On the... There's like an acronym. or Yeah, there's an acronym. There's like a a whole thing. Yeah. Let's see. It's the fifth planet. Saturn planet is the... 12 years. 
Jupiter takes 12 years. Jupiter takes 12 years and then Saturn takes 30. So wow. that's a huge jump. So then, yeah, like I said, the Jupiter's return, that's way closer than my next Saturn's return. Mm, so every 12 years. So you're, you can do a Mars return. Your Earth return is your birthday. Mm. Sat, your Mars return, which is like the planet that's identified with like war, which means it's generally identified with like rage, anger, mm. um, uh, strategy, um, defense, all that. Wow. It, you would count that. I mean, that's pretty constant, too, because Mars' orbit is very similar to Earth's. Mm -hmm. And so is Venus. So you always have, like, a Venus return or Venus retrograde. Mm. That's why I think those I think those work more in retrogrades than returns. Um, but again, that's, you know, that's there a whole... There, there are <laughs> yeah, several podcasts that there are out there to talk about all those things. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so I, I think one of the most important things that maybe, if I may add for you, some mm -hmm. advice is just be gentle on yourself because it's mm. a really hard time for introspection mm -hmm. and, you know, f looking at yourself truly in a mirror is like the hardest thing you can do. Like it's the bravest, it's the hardest yeah, thing you can do. So just be kind to yourself. Just like allow yourself to like be sad if you're having blue moments or allow yourself mm -hmm. to just be like, damn, damn, I can't believe like that's me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, Because totally. that's, that's the hardest part is the damn, I can't believe that's me. Yeah, it's hit me a few times and I think... Um, so just be gentle, be kind to yourself because, you know. Right, totally. No one's going to be kind to, no one's going to be kinder to you than you. Yeah, that's true. I just... I, it's 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 a and last thing but it's a tough thing to think about or to think about in retrospect when you have those experiences because when it feels like I'm peeled open mm -hmm. and all of my innards are just available even mm -hmm. in a public sense mm -hmm. so every time I get a question mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm not mature enough in this aspect mm -hmm. to handle them mm -hmm. as an adult mm -hmm. so it always feels like a challenge mm -hmm. and i just i'm not doing well with that yet and i'd yeah. like to be better with it yeah and i'm a thing i'm making progress uh you caught the first body blow but i think yeah. mom caught the second hook but yeah you know we'll see um i i i'd invite you to not feel deterred from yeah. continuing questioning me and challenging me in those senses I yeah just, i'm trying to be better yeah I, i'm gonna be a challenging person in general <laughs> <laughs> i've accepted that about myself but i know that i i challenge only from a good place yeah that's the whole point that's you know what i mean point. i i, I, I don't challenge to like choke you i just challenge you to like mirror you you know what i mean yeah. put just put a mirror just be like maybe look at this a little bit offer a perspective it's something i totally strive for i just can't <laughs> believe it was like filtered by hey don't look at me so intimately you know it's like I and that's go. why a lot of people don't go to therapists well a lot of people mm. don't seek psychologists because they don't want to be looked at intimately mm. like how many times have you met someone who goes is going to school for psychology i i've been quoting Air lately quoting. i don't know where <laughs> these come from i guess that's me trying to like not be too um generalizing no not be too like uh specific allowing mm. it to just be like they're going to school for psychology, but that doesn't mean they're being psychologists. I'm, I'm just keeping it open, gotcha. allowing kind of like that spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I've said, I, I've met people who go to school for psychology with no intention to study it. Right. I just go to it. And then like, 
I've seen other people like, oh, so you can read my mind. Right. So you can read my behavior. So you can psychoanalyze. I know someone that literally calls it pretend knowledge. Uh, Actually, it's so, okay, you know what? This actually ties into the episode. Mm. Because um, we'll get into it, but I'll bring it up just for for, for reference. Uh, McKinney calls Paul a dilettante. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is a dilettante? Yeah, I did not know what that word was either. So, like, oof, what a scene, huh? Yeah. So, a dilettante is a person who cultivates an area of interest, such as the arts, without real commitment or knowledge. Oh. Like, a I was double like. Double layered blow. I was like, first of all, a read. Um, <laughs> fuck you, McKinney. I do not appreciate. Yeah. looking at me like that <laughs> but i feel like a lot of people when they meet someone who is a psychologist or is going to studying psychology or whatnot mm-hmm. even at myself it's been like you know growing up with a psychologist a, a parent who is in psychotherapy yep. um you get psychoanalyzed the entire time yeah you're basically a, they a can't help themselves right, right. you know it, it becomes you know i've internalized it as self-deprecating i don't know how you've internalized it, but for me you can't make you cannot hurt me because I'm oh, I've already said it <laughs> far worse. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Because that's the defense mechanism that that you have to build up. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it you know it it comes from a good place in a sense, and you know I don't know we're all just fucking people just like trying to like hang yeah. out on this planet. You know what I mean? Try trying to figure to that out. On this floating rock. But he calls him a dilettante, and I feel like a lot of people that do pursue psychology and do nothing with it are kind of like that. Like mm. a dilemma. Like you're what are you pursuing this knowledge for? Right. So you can like talk to people better and like impress but, people at parties. You know, and like I, I've seen people who do go to school for psychology and pursue it. Mm-hmm. They're not even, you know, but to be a the therapist, it takes master work. It takes mastery. It takes totally. doctorate work. So graduating with a ba or a bs in in psychology just really means that like you've just touched the the tip of the iceberg right right like your demeanor shouldn't be oh Uh, i've reached the end yeah your demeanor should be like i actually can read (laughs) right right and it's like you know what i'm sure you can on like a surface level yeah but then it becomes a cycle of like well i can read you well can you read me i don't want you to read me and then it just becomes this like Neither one of you can read each other. Right, totally. And this is not why you should use psychology, <laughs> right? I don't know. Yeah, it shouldn't be a weapon. Uh, yeah, it's not meant to be weaponized in that way. Right, totally. Um, so, yeah, so that's it's interesting that, you know, you were kind of like, I don't need you to see me. And it's like. Yeah, that totally just came full circle. That's the that's the fear mm-hmm. that a lot of people have. It's like, I, I don't want you to see my innards. Um, so, you know, and I guess with that in mind, shall we start the episode? Let's do it. Hey guys, it's Marge. It's Antonio. And you're you're listening listening to to Hola Bichola. All right, welcome everybody. It's episode eight of Winning Time. Oh my God. What an episode. Oh my goodness. Honestly, what a string of episodes. I mean, we have two episodes left. Of it such hurts. a great season. It's so great. How fun. I mean, I've had a lot. Of, I've had a fun time. To I mean, we're in episode eight. I just, it's, 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 it's really just a lot to take in. And then it's, in, I, I took, uh, learned 
about why is it that there's so many different directors in one season of a show, mm-hmm. at least generally speaking. Yeah. I didn't understand why. Because remember, there was one episode that was directed by Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, that was a great episode. That was a great episode. Great episode. Um, this most recent one, I'm going to start looking into this director because I loved this episode. Okay. And What parts of it? The director of this episode, I think, did a fantastic, fantastic job of con- of intertwining a lot of the moving plots mm-hmm. that are going on in the show right now mm-hmm. in a way where it seems like it's about to culminate. Okay. It seems like um, Andy, uh, Adam McKay, sorry, Adam McKay. Okay. Yeah. Is he the showrunner or the creator? He's like the producer and like creator mm. i i want to it's like presented by or produced by okay yeah because I, I i recently learned a lot of those terms like well relearned in a sense but yeah i kind of brushed back up on it yeah yeah and i was listening to a a, a a writer that's currently working like he works he's worked for the simpsons and a bunch of other places but yeah effectively he was saying uh it doesn't actually cost that much different to have one director all season and a bunch of directors every episode. Hmm. Um, most of the time they do it just so there's a bunch of different versions of the story being told. And there's the showrunner. Okay. And I did not know the actual role of a showrunner. Yeah, I actually just learned that myself. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But um, it's like that, all on the showrunner. Yeah, basically. Like all the decisions, all the, everything's passing through this person. Yeah. And usually the showrunner is the head writer. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, I learned that also. And I was like, that is awesome. Because, you know, it, in a public sense, writers don't really get the light that right. directors and producers get. So right. um, it's nice to know that they're probably super respected in the field itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be given a show, to yeah, run and to write. Totally. And then, honestly, it puts into perspective people like uh, B.J. Novak and uh kelly is it no no she was kelly in the show her uh i forgot her real name but in the office mm-hmm. they were both writers oh yes uh mindy mindy, mindy kaling mindy kaling that's right um <laughs> it, sorry the director for episode eight mm-hmm. is paymon benz and tanya hamilton paymon benz and tanya hamilton yes any other works that we might be familiar with let me see but while you search that, I'll tell you my parts. I just think Paymon and Tanya, mm-hmm. they did a fantastic job of making it seemingly building, taking what's been built all season, mm-hmm. all these other plot lines, right? Mm-hmm. The coaches, the other staff, Chick, even Chick's little small one-ins when he jumps in and they like show him and he's still kind of forcing the new broadcaster to stop mid-talk, you know, uh. and he's like... Mixing his vodka in. God, he's so condescending. Yeah, he's just, oh, Jesus. But um, I just think they did a great job of taking all of those points and all these different ideas from all the directors up to this point mm. and actually culminating it into one big moment. Yeah. Or what it seems like it's leading into like a pretty pivotal moment for this dynasty. Yeah. Franchise. It was fantastic. I was, they had me reeled in. And I can see why, because Paymon Benz also directed Brooklyn Nine-Nine episodes. Oh, and I know that's man. like one of your shows. Dude, that show <laughs> is hilarious. Okay, so that's good. That makes sense. So right. you, you probably followed along. He also um, directed Who is America with Sasha Baron Cohen. I did not see that, but... 
uh, I'm trying to remember what that one. I'm sure I've seen it, but because uh, mm. we we like we follow Sasha. Yeah, Sasha. Yeah, Sashita. <laughs> <laughs> he also did the Last Man on Earth. Wait, wait. Why the Last Man? Uh, or is there like a film or something called the show called The Last Man on Earth? Oh, the one with uh, the guy from um, SNL that mm-hmm. did MacGruber. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love. Yeah, me too. I could. I could talk about that. He's he's great. I think he's great. That's awesome. Okay, cool. I totally have a new like director I'm following. Yeah, which yeah, is that's y- awesome. Um, and he's got a crazy name, Paymon Benz. The, the funny <laughs> thing about Paymon Benz is that I'm always talking about Paymon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so this felt like a very Paymon episode, mm. and I mean like the Damon Paymon, mm, the Damon Paymon, <laughs> not yeah. actual Paymon. Um, and then Tanya Hamilton also. I want to. Um, yeah, for Hamilton. sure. I mean, clearly, she had a hand in it too. Hamilton. I wonder what she did. Oh, yeah. And Adrian Brody is going full. He's in full form now. I. You know. He is killing it. It's he not is. fair. You know what though? He went to LaGuardia. Really. Mm-hmm. You know what? That I makes can, sense. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Total sense, and that's why he's so. Who's the casting director? I uh, need to send them a letter <laughs> because that dude is Pat Riley. That is so awesome. I don't understand how you can personify chewing gum the way <laughs> that Adrian Brody as Pat Riley chews gum. He's incredible. He's incredible. I'm like, how can I be the gum? I think I gum me. Oh. <laughs> uh. Jason Siegel, John C. Riley, like, yeah, just you Emmy, know, Emmy him now, now. I actually feel like this episode was very like human. Oh, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because when we watch these like you know shows about the this assert, this great time, we tend to dehumanize them because they're such they're great gods and they right. were pillars for the way that we enjoy and you know digest content today and mm. or basketball i mean let's just fucking talk about basketball march um <laughs> the way we like enjoy basketball right right and watching all of the chaos and how they were almost every single character was in shambles for different reasons that's a great point and it all and it but it all kind of brought it all like it came full circle yes big time at the end of it and it was still i was, was still... gagging go ahead go ahead <laughs> There was still, I think, even in the moments where the human and all of these people was really coming out. So not the athlete, not the mogul, not the owner, the person. When mm-hmm. they, when they were coming out, there was still facets of that that were just being built and uh, connected with the other characters. In particular, I think when uh, we see John C. Riley, and I think her, her name is Lucia. Ah, She's yes, the, new, the nurse. The nurse. She's like the hospice nurse. Yeah, um, which I'm familiar with that actor actor from a different show. Uh, hmm. It's called Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. She plays a character on that show. She's a recurring character. Oh, and, uh, I was wondering. Great. I, she's great. I was like, where did she come from? <clears throat> yeah, um, she's great, and uh, she's so beautiful. Yeah. But um, she, it was that transition between Dr. Buss doing that thing he does where he removes the filters Mm -hmm. of showtime and starts talking to you as that like humble boy from nothing. Yeah. To see that connection with Lucia, but at the same time have Jeannie. Yeah. Festering for 
what seemed like a few days while they were at the mom's house. Yeah. It was just, I really need to meet these writers. Yeah, I mean. I just want to thank them. There was um one part, there was a couple parts, but one of the parts I thought was really interesting was when Spencer and Pat were talking. Mm. And they were talking about their knee, which yeah. I was like, I felt like Pat was talking to me because I hurt my knee too. Yeah, so I yeah. felt like I was in this conversation I too. That, yeah. I thought Pat was looking at me and not at Spencer. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I, I was, I was in the locker room with Pat and Spencer at this time. That's how it felt. And, um, you know, when they were touching knees, touching each other's <laughs> knees, <laughs> touching my knee, I thought, um, you know, I, I was afraid of what was going to happen, you know, cause Spencer mm, wants to play and totally. Pat wants a healthy player, Yeah, you know? And so I thought, am I about to, are we about to like watch like these two come together, argue and then we lose Spencer in some like catat- catastrophic way, which we we, we do. Might. <laughs> we might. You know, and he's, he ends up just like freebasing uh, yeah. because he's on his way out and he can't handle the shift and the change of, you know, he doesn't, for example, like one of the things that Pat did, right? He played basketball for however long he did. Right. And then you know when you've been a master at this particular sport or a master of anything once you step out of it you don't know your role in it because you've been playing it for so long right and i think what pat did was really well was still be in the game without having to like put his body in the game right right totally and i think you know if had spencer had better connections and friendships and healthy people around him you know i i feel like he's struggling with how well, how do I move post? How do I stay in basketball? Right. Without being in basketball. And then I wonder too. I think that's a great point. Because um, then, even on top of that, you would wonder this master that has stepped away from whatever craft it may be, even the desire to stick around. Yeah. It's just like a, a I think a reflection of the impact that it had, you know, on Pat. And it's like just like Jerry. Really. Just like Jerry just West. Just like Jerry West. Which. It's come full yeah. circle. I'm obsessed with him. And <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. I'm, he was great. He was great. Um, I'm very attracted to him. <laughs> uh, I think I think uh, with Spencer in particular, there was like a lot of demons. Um, and remember, mm-hmm. it had to do with the fact that Spencer Haywood was the first to take the NBA to court or the NCAA. Sorry. Mm, I didn't know or that. Maybe it was the NBA. To court, yeah, and uh, I meant to talk about it. This was one of the episodes that I didn't get to do. You oh, did solo. right, right, right. Remember? Okay, that was that. That was him. Gotcha. Uh, by the way, in that episode, the picture they use from him in college is the real Spencer Haywood. But, wow. Um, I mean, the casting is incredible. Cause incredible. I could not have. Yeah. You couldn't have told me otherwise. So imagine post this, uh, you know, court event decision yeah. ruling. Spencer Haywood, I think, moved between like seven eight teams damn so i think that's uh, hard yeah a lot of the the inconsistency was like killing him and then him coming to the lakers meeting some ex teammates and now teammates again yeah it felt like i'm assuming well not assuming but the way it was being built spencer was kind of building that rhythm right for and then what he seemed like up to this point uh leading to what you're talking about with pat talking to spencer in the locker room Mm mm-hmm it was like, oh, finally, you know, this. I've, there's a coach that cares about me as a basketball player. Yeah. 
understands my value and what I've been doing. Yeah. Even if that's those aren't my strong points, they know I'm this is what I'm doing. So it seemed like at some point in that conversation, Spencer really took to Pat. Right, right, and that's why I was so scared because as soon as I saw them coming together, I was like, why does it feel so ominous? <sighs> and it feels that same way with that. like magic. I feel like with magic, mm. it feels ominous. And I don't know if that's just my bias from like, because of how the season opened with him and at the hospital. Jesus, magic. I mean, you know, I don't that know if you- That was definitely magic, not Irvin. Like, how could you? But did you see like a lot of the actual real people like magic, Jerry West, um, didn't like kind of even Kareem Abdul. They all kind of spoke poorly about yeah um, the show because they yeah, said that I mean, it was like Jerry West is suing them because it wasn't, which is like on brand for Jerry West. I would expect <laughs> Jerry West to sue them. I mean, he can try, but he can try. Uh, but I mean, like, sir. Yeah, dude. And you're a time fighter. Did you? Oh, oh my god! You understand how funny that is? Like. That's layered for me. Yeah. Because that word. Because <laughs> you guys use it. You've been using it for a long time. <laughs> but what I thought was funny, too, was I don't know. Maybe I missed it. Maybe mm-hmm. not. But I, it feels like ever since the lawsuit for Jerry West became public. Yeah. There's a disclaimer at the end of the episode that says this is a dramatization and buff characters and so on and so forth. I don't remember seeing that at the beginning. I feel like I noticed that. Even in this last episode, mm. I feel like this is the first time I'm seeing it. But I feel like I always tend, I don't pay attention to the credits. Right. You know, I even let like the after show play sometimes. Gotcha. And I'll listen and it's fun sometimes. Yeah, um, sometimes. And then sometimes I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and they want to like get into the characters and all that stuff, which is nice. Um, but Rick Fox's smile is too big. You know, he's a presence. Yeah, he is. He, okay, you're going to crack up, but he reminds he's like me. like Crimson Chin. Fairly he, odd parents. I was actually going to say, he reminds me of Courage, the Cowardly Dog, or like huh. the, the grandpa oh, with the big Courage? eyes. Yeah. yeah, and like the, <laughs> the big jaw. jaw. Yeah. yeah, like <laughs> I feel, I see courage in his eyes when I see him. I see like his head. It's Courage's really, grandpa's head, mm-hmm. but that character is Jerry West. Yes, Jerry oh, West for is sure. the actual grandpa. Oh yeah, he's Rick giving. Fox looks like him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jerry, don't sue me. Uh, uh, this is for entertainment, entertainment pur- purposes only. only. So, um, you know, I guess one of the other things when it ties into like these relationships that are forming, yeah. and you're afraid for whether an <sighs> eventual fall is Paul and Pat. Paul and Pat. Who are best totally. friends. Yeah, they're totally best friends. They're besties. So here, let me ask you. Yeah. Uh, do you think Pat is playing the game in a professional corporate sense? When, or, when you say play the game, as in like he's uh, playing for himself? Right. Like ultimately Pat is trying to make moves to like be a part without maybe even Paul and Jack? So... That's a good question because I got thought about that, right? I was mm-hmm. trying to think about his motivation, his his intent. Why is he so gun ho, right? And I feel there's like a couple of things. One, he wants to have a job and he right. wants to work for he the Lakers. He doesn't want to retire, right? He doesn't want to. He, you know, they, him and Jerry both talk about a little bit about in that episode that they've spent so much time in the game 
and they can't escape the game. Right. And being a part of it in this way is giving them life again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I, I kind of I'm gonna say as of right now, no, he's not mm-hmm. going after the position of head coach. Okay. Because I I don't think he even thought coach. Uh, he didn't, I don't think he thought of himself as a coach. Mm-hmm. But he observes the game, right? Which is why he wanted to do ta- the, um, the the announcing. announcing. Job, yeah. And so I think once he started head coaching, he liked the flow of, of him and or Paul. Assistant coaching. Assistant Paul. coaching. Yes. Yeah. He liked the flow of him and Paul, and he I got think, a bite. and I think he got a taste of just being in the game just a little bit more. I mm-hmm. I don't see head coach yet. I don't see him that hungry for being head coach. Yeah, I don't see enough interaction between the players and him yet. Right, and I think at the end of this last episode, mm-hmm. I kind of started to get like, well, how is he going to do it in this in this game? And who are they playing against in that game? Was it Detroit? Towards the end? Yeah, like uh, right at the end. Portland. Portland. Trailblazers. Which is like a deep connection to McKinney because that was the last yeah. team he was playing with, mm-hmm. with Paul. And like, I mean, I still get chills when I think about it. I, I look at um that scene where... Uh, when they're at the diner, uh, Jack. Episode? Yes, it's Jack uh, and Paul. And Paul. They're at Nick's diner. They're at Nick's diner. Yeah. And you can see the decay of McKinney's. Yeah. McKinney's brain. Totally. Because I, I think that was the first time they had introduced that diner because it seemed like they were regulars. Yes, I, I hadn't seen the diner. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't know Nick. Yeah. And he was like, I don't blame you him. Remember Nick though, right? I was like, does anybody really know Nick? Right. He's probably just like Nick uh, is his nephew. He <laughs> named the store after his nephew. <laughs> But yeah, totally. I totally agree. And honestly, seeing we've said it before, but Jason Siegel is <laughs> the standard for a troubled act, like the a troubled character. Yeah, he's the torment. He's the de facto tormented character. Oh, and uh, he did that so well. But but oh, okay. We just have to get her out of the way. Mm-hmm. Let's just get this. Let's just get this actress out of the way. Oh, t- whatever her fucking name is. You talking about Pat's wife? I think it's Jillian Jacobs. <sighs> Jillian Jacobs. Okay. <laughs> this is what I wrote about her. Okay. Where is she? What did you feel about that line though? When they were in the window. So I wrote Pat Riley lights up a cig. Mm-hmm. You again. <laughs> and then I and then. Then she gives him that line about being that maybe. So when you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. even with like friendships, mm-hmm. and for a long time, it beca- it starts to feel like you're enslaved in that. You're enslaved in the relationship when you can't be yourself or change yourself and and grow and and be a, be the butterfly in mm-hmm. that in your community. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, I thought it was interesting, right? That as they're all experiencing this, all these relationships, all these new relationships, all these breakup of old relationships, we have Paul and Jack who are enmeshed together. Yeah. And Paul is second to, to, to McKinney, which we'll learn exactly why. I know, right? <sighs> and then you have this new person who sees something different, right? You have mm-hmm. that person who that doesn't have any connection to you and sees the light in you and sees like your capabilities and enforces you and like pours into you, right? Right. They're the key to like freeing you from these like old ways of thinking, all these older perceptions of you. And so basically that woman <laughs> said to Pat, 
she goes, you know, perhaps you're the key that unlocks Paul's like chains to McKinney. And so the way that Pat unlocks, uses his key to unlock these chains was a way I, I never thought before. Basically the biggest, brightest key with all the lights on it. And I'm really glad I didn't do the research to like see the actual clips because it's really fun just like coming up on it as new information. Right. You know, um, I would say, I guess I didn't spoil it for myself. (laughs) 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 If you don't know what I mean, you got to go back and listen to the first episode of the podcast. You'll understand. Um, And so seeing Paul or Pat, I I don't know. Would you like to like describe the scene a little bit or? Uh, You mean when when he's on the TV, when he's on the TV. So they're at Nick's diner. So they're at Nick's. It's Jack and Paul. Mm -hmm. They're at Nick's diner and they're uh, discussing basically that uh, Pat needs to go. Jack is saying Pat needs to go and Paul needs to tell him. And they're there just sort of discussing about it. And Paul tries to give one sentence about Pat's influence on mm-hmm. their 50 game, you know, uh, like time together. Or, yeah. They out of those 50 games, I think they won something like 41 or 42. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But point is they're having success. And, uh, Paul tries to bring that information to Jack and he's just not having it. Yeah. And Jack switches. No, you got to tell him. And then Paul breaks down. He says, I need to go to the bathroom. He leaves. And what I thought was a nice touch, which was sort of like alluding to what was going to happen in the following scenes. Later yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was when Jack was very dismissive of Paul. And then while Paul was walking away, he goes, hey, you want some coffee? I thought it was just a nice little like, because it was basically telling us Jack does not care mm-hmm. about what Paul has to say about coaching. He doesn't mm-hmm. care. Or even feel. Right. Right. He doesn't. And uh, it was something I thought I didn't, of I didn't pick that up, but that's true. I thought of it after the fact. But uh, yeah, in this scene, uh, Paul goes to the bathroom and then Pat is on TV. He's mm-hmm. being interviewed by some reporters before the game. And this is before the Philly game. Okay. Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I do want to touch on the Philly game because a lot happens. I think that was probably the crux of the episode, if I'm okay. honest. But uh, this was before the last game. Okay. And another thing that I thought was a nice touch was the reporters start talking to Pat and the volume's low on the TV. And uh, Jack goes, hey, hey, fella. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to Nick. Mm. Yet again, he doesn't remember Nick's name. Mm-hmm. And this is in the same 10 minutes. We're just span. watching his like mind deteriorate. Yeah, we're just watching like... his deterioration totally. And then his frustration with the system not being implemented. You know, that's his thing. That's his life's work. But yeah, so he tells the guy to put up the volume and Pat. Oh, Pat. He does it just so smooth. He's like, so sly. the reporters so ask him. Coy. Right, right. Totally coy about it. Uh, the reporters ask him, well, you know, you, there's not really two assistants in the league behind the head coach. How's things feeling with Jack coming back? And he goes, well, Jack's on the journey of returning. You know, we're going to ease him in and get him going. Like he's talking. Yeah. As in, this is Pat and Paul's team. 
Right. And Jack is now coming back. But then. But he's but, also like chewing gum and he's speaking right. like at the side of his, his mouth. And he's like almost kind of like, yeah, well, you know, Jack's got a long way to go. Right. Like totally, totally talking down. Yeah. He's talking down towards Jack. not Literally like, too. Right. Literally too. Because the TV's at the, the top. But yeah. And then after that. Uh, of course, they do the typical fourth wall break briefly showing this subconscious within Jack's mind. Yeah. Because he Jack calls him that crazy. Oh, that wasn't me having a vision. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened to you too? Okay. Jack calls him that crazy just offense. I don't even remember all the words. Oh, he, used, he called he him like, a shanty, shanty Irish Shanty Irish fuck. New York fuck. Something <laughs> like that. He goes, fuck you. And then it cuts to the TV and it zooms in on Pat's face, Adrian Brody's, and he goes, you first. Oh. And then it cuts right back to, and they go, uh, oh, it's escaping me. I'm sorry. The reporters ask him, um, so what are you going to, what are you guys going to do with Jack? What's the game plan? And uh, he goes, well, you know, we're already in stride. Mm-hmm. We're in stride. We've got a lot of things. Great, get, get, we have a great thing going. Mm-hmm. Players are happy. Everybody's happy. He's like, you don't change you a don't horse. You don't want to change a horse mid race. Mm-hmm. You know that can kind of murk the waters. Mm-hmm. But you know, we'll see. We're we're glad to have Jack back, and it's just like, <laughs> and Paul's dude, returning. And from Paul the is returning from the bathroom, and that is the scene that Marge is referring to. Oh, if you get a chance to just relive that scene, I would recommend for you to watch oh, it. Oh, it's a set. Or just for watch sure. the whole season. How about Honestly, that? <laughs> whole season. It's a fantastic, fantastic show. So I feel like we're we're watching that dem- that friendship fall apart, mm-hmm. and in the way that Pat did in such an aggressive, passive aggressive way, right? He yeah. didn't do it on I mean, a face to face. Yeah, almost aggressive. And one of the things that I also what I loved that he went publicly to do it was because Jack was telling Paul that he needed to be publicly perceived as doing well. Mm. He goes, I'm being watched and the public needs to have confidence in me. So him having that conversation with Paul and then Pat going on TV publicly. He's like, I'll give you a microscope. He's like, well, you know, he's, he, because one of the part, I think one of the questions was like, how do you feel about Jack McKinney going on the road with you guys? Oh, right. And he, and that's when he's like, well, Jack has a long way to go. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God. Right. You didn't just, you just murdered him. Yeah. He's like, you want a microscope. It's a wrap for Jack. And I thought his death was going to be the wrap. Who knew that it was just going to be Jack? I mean, that that side of Jack was like, whoa. But you know what, though? I think that's the thing about really seeing people for who they are. Mm, and you, you're saying that's a common theme in the episode. Yeah, that it... Oh, that's a good point. When they're really hungry for something, you know, I, I actually think that part ties in a lot with the moment between Magic and Jerry. Mm. Even though Jack McKinney and Jerry West and Magic aren't all in the same scene... But for Magic, one of the biggest like complaints and irritations of every single person that's met him on the team, his play, you know, um, other teammates, they all hate how happy he is because right. he seems so unfazed by the political nature of the country. He seems so unfazed by like the disdain of some of his class uh, classmates, <laughs> the disdain <laughs> of some of his like teammates. You know, he seems like unaffected by everything and he's just holly and jolly 
And I think that once we actually lift the veil mm -hmm. of this holly and jolliness, it's almost like his way of a defense mechanism to not be affected. He, it's like the killing them with kindness, killing them with happiness. Yeah, I mean, Magic almost says that for verbatim too in the episode. And um, I think with Paul, almost always being that like, while he's tormented, he's the one that's like considered weak, right? Because mm -hmm. most happy people are also considered weak people. Um, not that they are weak people, but when you're a happy person, when you're a light, the neg tends to gravitate towards it and want to mm -hmm. suck it out of you. And so, you know, th there's a lot to unpack there. I guess I'm just saying that like... Yeah, Brian Light has a big shadow. McKinney's, you know, um, now we're really seeing the dark side of McKinney because that thing has been lifted he's now he's seeing like the dirty side of the game a little bit mm. now that he's not not that everything's not going his way now that his own though the very person he thought was weak seemingly right. came after him when he didn't even come after him right not like honestly i don't think he came after him at all at all yeah. and so for mckinney to go that hard at at a at a seeming disobedience <laughs> is like this is who you really yeah, are. Yeah, this is who you are. Right. You know, and I feel the same way with like magic, having Dr. J, which I'm, I'm assuming that's the Philly game you were talking about. Yes. Right before it was the All-Star game, but then it led into the, the All-Star game. game. Yes. Mm -hmm. We have Dr. J befriending, befriending magic. That's right. You know, he's like, hey, what's up? Let's hang really? out. He's like, it almost seems like he's the original magic. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves him. Everyone's oh. talking to him. The reporters are talking to him. Everyone's happy when he's around. Mm -hmm. He's just this, what seems to be this original jolly person. Right. And there wasn't really nicknames like that up until Dr. J. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah, because Dr. J's time, uh, I mean, you know, his name is Julius Irving, but... Real, I don't know. I mm -hmm. like, I know of Dr. J, but mm -hmm. I don't know his... Sig I know he means something. I don't know what that is right right no he's a a really influential legendary nba player okay and his name is julius irving interesting but he went by dr j interesting and uh interesting up to that point there wasn't really that wasn't like really a thing maybe oscar robertson and this is like way way like 60s mm -hmm. um, they called him the big o mm. but like since then i don't think like wilt had a nickname maybe a few other like bill walton may have had one so, few other people so almost like uh he didn't want to pass the, he was forced to pass the torch right because right. it's julius irving julius irving irving johnson irving johnson which is like julius right. irving right. irving almost like J -E -E -J. a literal J. yeah 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 and uh it seemed almost like we were seeing the big bro teach the little bro and dr yeah. j literally called him little bro in the episode Mm. And uh, at least that's how I took everything that was happening, all their yeah. interactions. Um, what I did miss, and I don't know, maybe you picked up on it. Uh, Jerry West is the one that brought it up. I didn't think that Dr. J was buttering magic up to slit his throat. Oh, I did not. I did I didn't not even mm -hmm. consider that. Didn't consider that at all. I, I wasn't sure why he was mm. buttering up magic i thought he was maybe trying to take him under his wing me too just because he's an old head me too yeah i figured maybe this was something about a relationship i didn't know about yeah being an NBA fan, and, I, and it kind of tied into the whole like cookie thing or like, i actually thought he was trying to invite him to their like swingers club ah i could see that <laughs> i was like are they swingers also or? side note this is the first time i think we've heard cookie's real name no she said it before mm-hmm and like other episodes 
Alertha something. Oh man, I miss that. She she'll say it when she's mad at Magic. Mm. When it, like when he has presented her, she'll be like, "My name's Alertha, Alertha, Earltha, something." Wow. But yeah. Yeah, totally miss. But that. it's not often. She's only brought it up as like, "I'm not Cookie. I'm this is my name." Mm. Yeah. Um, then we have. Uh, where was I? That I would say, kind of talking a little bit more about like jerry wes and magic at the end mm-hmm. where we have these two people who well, they had just lost to portland so they had just lost to portland yeah and pat was coaching by himself yes right right right. they lost they did oh, lose. i'm sorry uh, that's incorrect they had just lost to philly okay okay just lost to philly because it makes Cause sense dr j yeah yes yes i was yes. wrong i'm sorry they just lost to philly and then we have jerry wes who did not want to pick magic magic. sister and has this like one-on-one with him this is why i'm like even though i don't like jerry was in real life on the show i'm just seeing um this humanity in him like all these little gems which is nice you know obviously it's scripted it's It's just it's it's fiction so do you think there was any changes post lawsuit no no way right no 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 i mean hbo does not rescind (laughs) that's true that's true Adriel goes, we're going harder. <laughs> um, you know, that part where you see this, like, where, where you see Jerry West talking to Magic, and he's basically saying, like, I see right through you. Mm-hmm. I see right through you. I know that you're not this happy, jolly guy. I know this, like, face that you put on, and being liked isn't going to get you anywhere. Right. Anywhere in life. And I thought, you know, that's true. Yeah, I this mean, you know, not that you need to be a fucking villain, okay? This is right. not about like your villain era, <laughs> but you know, when you want to win, especially a competitive environment, right? It's not all about just being liked. You need to be respected. Totally, respect comes first, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm finally happy that Magic is starting to see that because he was really getting on my fucking nerve mm, with being all jolly. Yeah, because, you know. Yeah, it's true. The show doesn't really do with, uh, maybe because what I think the show's not even really about basketball. Yeah. Um, They don't really portray Magic's overwhelming talent. Like, right. they hint at it because, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, you know, a rookie that's an all star. And I think Larry Bird was the only other rookie that did that at that time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean. They don't really talk about it. And Magic Johnson. Is, Which I could see why he's the real Magic Johnson. Like, I don't want nothing to do with it. You don't even focus on, like, me yeah, or I, my capabilities. You focus on, like, my impending, my the ominous, you know, um, health medical record thing. And, right, right, right. And, you know, I just feel like I was kind of over, like, the ominous um, feeling, the ominous music anytime mm. magic's in it's like he's happy but it's also like oh and anytime there's a woman that comes by i'm like oh here we go right, and it just right. it just was so distracting i was like i want to really see magic like not that i want to see him break down but i wanted to see i wanted him to see what like his teammates were talking about i want him to like mm. see what kareem was talking about i wanted right. to see what like jerry west is talking about and and the problem is 
when you have Dr. Bus on your ear, who's just like magic. Right, he's basically magic. And they're buddy buddies. It's impossible because now you ha- you have the ear of the boss. So why should you listen to everybody else who works for him? Right. You know. And then on top of that, magic gets to experience the human bus. Yeah. A lot more than the players do. Right. So you know. He's probably different with them, but right. we don't see it because it's a fiction scripted show <laughs> right. and this is not real life. <laughs> um, there was one uh, moment where um, they were, it, it was uh, David Stern. Yes, he was the NBA commissioner after, I don't even know who was before him. Uh, does it matter? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy wasn't even really in the scene anyway. That's how Bus started the episode. Oh, man. Don't even get me started <laughs> on that legendary intro. No, that intro was beautiful. That was beautiful. Beautiful. We could talk about it. Let's get oh, into that. Oh, man. That was like, of all these cold opens, this one was this, do you, Did you feel red? Oh, <laughs> dude. I was in. I yeah. was in. And then, honestly, I really, really, really like the intro song. Mm. And every time John C. Riley goes on his monologues on the intro and leads into that song, it just prepares me to love the episode. Mm. That's really what I feel like. Okay. And that combination of like, honestly, just please share your half. I'm no, it's so good. I, I wrote that... Um Dr. Buzz and the, uh, what did I say? I said, I wrote Dr. Buzz and the Romans, mm. human limitations of the mind. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, obviously Dr. Buzz is going to reference the Romans. He is, right. a, he is a hedonist himself. He's a Caesar. <laughs> he, he feels like he's Caesar and the forum is his palace. Yeah. And, and he really, um, I, I loved how he tied in like the capabilities, right? And, who's on your who is telling you to push past your limits you know just because it's never been done doesn't mean that it can't be done it just it's never been done right and he he basically opens up with uh, talking about how do we how the the mile came up how how we how do we you the unit measurement for mile how do we use how it came to be how it came to be Mm -hmm. and then he goes on further and says well all of the Romans basically decided that a mile is this long and you can only do a mile in X amount of minutes. Right. It was they thought it was humanly impossible to cover a mile in under four minutes. Which is crazy because y'all also invented the marathon, if I'm not mistaken. So unless that was the Greeks, but whichever one Achilles is involved with. Yeah, because you know marathon is like twenty six miles. Yep. So you know how you know the story of the marathon. Right, right, right. If you don't know the story of the marathon I'll give you a brief story. Basically, a marathon is from Rome to the city of Marathon. Mm -hmm. And um, it's 26 miles because the guy died at the mile 26 from running a marathon. Was it Hermes or was it? Oh, no, no. Okay. Never mind. I'm thinking of something else. But yes, yes, that's correct. So basically, you physically cannot run at 27 miles (laughs) or you die. Is what they they thought. thought. Right. And so the same concept with the mile, you can only achieve the mile in like a thousand steps or something like that. It's like 2,000. 2,000 steps. steps, And then in, you know, centuries later, you have this like English scientist decides like, well, maybe. an athlete, a scientist. Maybe, maybe with less. Why don't we push the limit? 
Right. He didn't even train. He just literally ran. <laughs> and he outbeat the trained runners oh, man. in this game. And he cut with, it was like down to like three and a half minutes or something like that. Yep. And he was, uh, he was on the last turn mm-hmm. for the last straightaway to end the last lap mm-hmm. that would complete the mile. And uh, Dr. Buss really focuses on this point because mm-hmm. he goes, you know, you feel like you've hit your cap. Mm-hmm. And then this scientist turns the corner and he hears the roar from the crowd. Mm. And it sort of throws the wind behind his sails is what he says. It gives him a second wind. Mm-hmm. And he pushes through and he finishes oh. in three minutes and 59 seconds. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you're saying that, I just, um, one of the things I did this weekend was we watched The Northmen. Oh, right. And you just, like, took me back to that place of The Northmen. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to be watching that. Oh, it's so good. But this is not about the Northmen. No. Um, so, so yeah. So, he basically mm-hmm. defeats the 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 notion that, right. like... He defeats, a, he defeats an entire idea, mm-hmm. an entire understanding. In three minutes and 59 in seconds. Three minutes and 59 seconds. And then you know how long it took for that mile to be beat? It's in 46 days. 46 days. But do we know the name of that person? But remember how Dr. Buss set it up? He yeah. was like, do you know how long it took to beat the scientist time? 46 days. And you remember the name of that guy, right? <laughs> and he pauses and goes, no? Yeah, me either. <laughs> oh, come on, man. And it is. Dun, 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 and it, oh, yeah. No. Dun, 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 dun. Crazy. It's crazy. It's it's it just, you know, I, I felt like this episode brought everything together yeah totally everything together and i loved how like i said earlier everyone is in shambles Mm -hmm. but we're also watching everyone kind of emerge anew that's a good point it's almost like they're shedding everything that we're watching them shed right where there's one scene where um we kind of briefed we briefly covered it it was uh paul ends up in the hospital yeah he has a kidney stone Okay, I thought it was a kidney stone because because he was just remember he peed blood after him and Pat had that big argument. Was that blood? Yeah. Okay. Because he kept saying, "I need to go to the bathroom," and Pat was like, "No, you're not going until you tell me the the truth. truth. Tell me what you think." And I wrote, "Pat and Paul, toilet in shambles." (laughs) (laughs) It's on shambles. Uh, It was a great scene, though. Yeah, and I thought Paul was dead because I, really? I, you know, because you know how they say like you when you are you, when you die your body like pees. I mean, yeah, everything relaxes. Yeah, so you yeah. T- you're like shit, like mad crazy. Yeah, yeah and so I out. thought, did he just die? To, like, because he did faint. That's true. What is it with everyone ending up in the hospital? Right now, this cursed organization. In this episode, or in this yeah, in this like scene, um. Which is, by the way, why I thought the Philly sequence mm-hmm. was so layered. And even something very subtle, and what I'm referring to is uh, the theme of the episode is what it seems like. But they didn't use this phrase for the name of the episode. They used something that happened at the end, and I was like, I'm trying to understand better why. Maybe they're trying to focus on that. I'm not sure. But to elaborate, uh, throughout the episode... Philly was the focus because the all-star game. That's when he was going to meet Dr. J. Dr. J was Magic's hero, 
growing mm-hmm. up. And they showed that in the episode. But they kept calling Philly the nickname. And it was called the City of Brotherly Love. Okay. That was the name. That's the nickname of Philly at this time in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I which, think it still applies, no? Or, yeah, or is it sure. the city sure. of, what is it? What's that fucking thing? I don't know. It's that just, they say in Philly that it's always Khalifa says. Uh, John? I know. Fuck Philly. around and find oh. out. <laughs> Yeah. Is that the new Philly name? Probably. I know John J-A-W-N is a thing because I have a friend that won't stop using it. What's John J-A-W-N? Joan? It's John. It's like a, it's a substitute for like thing that it's a, the way I've heard it used is like, that John was crazy. Oh, yeah. it's a, okay. And it's like yeah, an yeah, yeah, immediate, yeah. oh, that's, that dude's from Philly. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. God, okay, I had no idea yeah. what you were talking about. <laughs> Question. The person who plays Larry Bird. Yes. Do you think Paul Dano could have played him instead? Whoa, wait a minute. Because he looks like Paul Dano. He does look like Paul Dano, and that means Paul Dano looks like Larry Bird. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think this dude looks a lot like young Larry Bird. Yes, yeah. Um, Which I can't, I'm like, am I attracted to Larry Bird? <laughs> Um, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I told you after that documentary, I'm a Larry Bird stan. Yeah, and huge fan of Larry Bird. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I don't know if you remember in the last episode. Um, I was gonna say Paul Dano, <laughs> Larry Bird is like shit talking man. Right, and I was like, up. I was like, uh, uh-uh, this is not Larry Bird, <laughs> but I like this bird. Right, right. Like, there's. <laughs> I can't imagine that actually happened at that press conference. Yeah, I don't think so. The press conference so. did happen. Yeah. But doubt that happened. Um, it was funny when he showed up after the All-Star game to the restaurant meeting the Magic. And Daryl and Don uh, Sterling? No. No. Oh, my no. God. Sorry. Different <laughs> Sterling Stern. Uh, Jerry. They're making a documentary. Don him, Stern. What's his name? Uh, David Stern. David Stern. Yeah. I was so close. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Maybe. A lot less racism. <laughs> ah, yes. Um, They're making a documentary about Sterling, by the way. The Clippers guy. The Clippers guy, yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, hmm. that scene where uh, Magic, David Stern, Larry, and current owner mm-hmm. uh, are there. Mm. And he goes, Larry Bird goes, y'all got any bud? Oh. It's like, dude. Really? 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 <laughs> And then Magic just goes on his, you know, he's like, yeah, get this kid some bud. And it's like, ah, come on, dude, just be friends already. You guys are like just best, be friends. best friends. You guys are literally best friends. You guys are literally Converse representatives. <laughs> right? They both had yes, Converse sneakers. Yes, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yes, okay. he ended up regretting it. Yeah, I mean, I I really. But the end of the episode is called California Dreaming. And that's yeah. the song they played at the end of the That's episode. the song they played at the montage. Right. When Jerry basically. Oh. I'm like ignites one? magic. He's like, ah, hey. uh, yes, that one. He goes, hey, look, all that happiness and smiles will get you press and whatever. ladies, ladies, yeah, but it's not gonna get you one of these. And he points to his ring, mm. and that's when you know, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that's what magic's like. I want to win. I want to win. And Jer- yeah, <laughs> right, right. And Jerry's just sitting there, like, Jerry's letting like him, okay, sure, letting him get there. And Magic screams, I want to win. And then Jerry looks at him and he goes, 
We'll see. We're going to see about that. Yeah, we're going to see. And it's like, damn, dude, what's going on? <laughs> All right, Jerry West. I mean, one of the heartbreaking scenes for me, oh. which was like, was with Jerry Buss. And when he sees that his mom oh. is mm-hmm. dying. You mean when the... When, when she's like Jeannie, picking stuff up. When Jeannie throws up and yes. she asks for the club soda. Yes. But also, um, when they were all about to eat food, mm-hmm. when they were all eating KFC. Yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of crazy. I was precisely hungry at that time. Oh. <laughs> and I wanted some KFC also. Just know that that is still an option at the end of this episode. Yeah, but my doctor called me. FAT, so <laughs> I, she she really did. Like she uh, was like I was like, Hey you doctor. Don't have to see me, doc. You just talk to me like that. No, no, I love her. Mike and I love her because we have the same doctor now. Mm. And we saw her at the same time. And she looks at the both of us and she looks oh, at she our does male physicals too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We okay. went we went for his physical. Make a suggestion. Turns out me and Tia Lourdes have the same doctor. Really? <laughs> yeah, we go to the oh, same clinic, which is so God funny because I, I saw my dealer there earlier today i can have herself. a whole episode just yeah, about the other just about the other just about the other day. we love her so much <laughs> georgina um so um uh, we were at the doctors and she was like um she goes like yeah you your 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 numbers came back and due to your weight and height you <laughs> are a little bit overweight <laughs> she goes I was like, no, doctor, I'm not here for that. I, I'm, I've been having dizzy spells and my knee hurts. And she goes, yeah, it's because it's you're a little bit overweight. You could, you know, maybe be physical. Have you thought about working out? Mm. And then I was like, yeah, no, I know for sure. And, she, and then she goes to Mike and she goes, you are also a little bit overweight. <laughs> she goes, you know, just because you're 6'2". Doesn't tall mean, fella. Doesn't mean you can just eat anything. Is he six two? It feels like he's like six four. You know, because Sam is six two. The number changes all the time. Mm. I don't know Depends if he's, I don't know if he stopped growing or if he's oh, if he hasn't Has stopped he begun growing. The shrinking. Well, when we started dating, he was six feet. So he got taller. And it's ten years, and now he's six two. Wow. But he's like, I've never known my height, and I'm like, oh, you know what? This is not a episode about <laughs> my sight. <laughs> Moving on. So, um, so yeah, so I, I can't have KFC because she said veggies and fish only, which I think we're just going to do veggies because it's like if I can't have animals, I'm just not going to have any of them. Mm. I mean, who am I kidding? I'm definitely going to eat meat. <laughs> just on the occasion. Like instead of having it at home, right, we'll right. just go out and get like, you know, go to like Ted's or wherever they make really good steak. Yeah. Frankies. Or whatever. Who's Frankie? It's I don't know who Frankie is. I'd like to meet him though because remember I don't get out. Is that like a new thing? It's a steak restaurant. Okay. And it is. Oh, I think I've seen people go there. Close. It's the best steak I've ever had in my life. Is it local? Uh, <laughs> is the meat local? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Hope I if it is, I'm gonna feel like a fraud. But huh. No, I mean in, you can make good meat, but is it local? Yeah, I don't know. Because that's a, that's a flex to say it's like the best meat. The meat it has is. to be local. It it is the best steak I've ever had for sure. Mm. Um, How do you eat your steak? Medium well. Medium well. Mm-hmm. So you don't like meat. Is that is that was that too cooked? That's that's basically charred. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm just kidding. I used to eat well done. Uh, I'm not even uh, kidding. 
I used to. I'm cut sorry. Up I'm not trying rubber. to be a snob. I used to also eat well done until it was made well. For the first time, I was also super hungry, mm. and I wasn't about to not eat that steak. And I ate ate the whole thing up, and it was like medium rare. See, that's the lowest I'll go. Medium rare. But I don't like medium rare because I've asked for medium rare, and I feel like I get it rare. So I always have to go medium, just just medium, and then if I do medium, it'll be between medium rare to well done. I should start doing that because every time I do medium well, unless it's, like it's a well. good restaurant, it's well. It's like when you ask for an. Uh, <laughs> one time we went to Red Robin, and I love I love eggs. That's like mm. my my since I was a kid, I, I'll eat eggs. I could eat eggs for the rest of my life and not eat anything else. Really? Yeah, that's a problem. Um, <laughs> um, and I asked for a, a burger with an egg in it because a California burger, a Royal burger. It's incredible. Royal burger, Right. Right. Yeah. This is the name for that. Yeah. It's incredible. It is. I like my eggs over medium because I'm that bitch. Okay. Mm. I understand that when you ask for something over medium is the equivalent of asking for fresh fries mm-hmm. at McDonald's, mm-hmm. but I will never ask for fresh fries at McDonald's. Why? Uh, cause it's McDonald's. Fresh fries at McDonald's. Are I'm I'm, bomb, I'm not gonna like put everyone in line who's all re- we're all eating shitty food. That's true. It, I'm gonna just get what I'm gonna get. <laughs> get me the fuck out of McDonald's. I I I'm already regretting being there. Mm. I'm not gonna make them make so me you fresh like fries. That double cheeseburger. Yeah, those things. Literally, I think my body's like we cannot eat those. I swell up. I have to take like allergy food because we it don't mix well with me. No, I get canker I sores. Like, it's like a whole thing. Wow. <laughs> You get an entire. I can't. My tongue is swollen. I can't talk. <laughs> everything is itchy. So wow. um, I asked for it medium. I asked for my egg over medium. Mm-hmm. I asked for it over medium. And the waitress at this at Red Robin, she goes, "We don't do over medium, mind you." This was me like five six years ago, so it was mm. a different person. <laughs> and normally. I today today I would be like you know what I just I'm not gonna come back just just delete my order if you can't do it I'm I'm not gonna argue with you fine you don't do it forget the order I don't want anything but back then Mm -hmm. I was like excuse me (laughs) what do you mean you don't do over medium and she was like we just don't do it it's and I was like so can I so she's like it's only over easy or over hard and Why I said, the middle? because the middle is the hardest part to get. Some people mm. like it a little bit more runny. Some people like to cook with like a little run in the center. Over medium is the most high maintenance way to ask for eggs. Mm. I didn't know there was I, that. And, and I am aware of that. But you know who makes the best over medium eggs is Waffle House. They you say, know what? That doesn't surprise me at all. But like, yes, ma'am, you're going to get this over medium and it's going to be just fucking right. And it's right every time. I mean, Waffle House is bomb as food. The most consistent over medium eggs I've ever had has been at Waffle House. And Red Robin couldn't fucking do an over medium egg. So I said to her, you have a kitchen back there. (laughs) You have a grill. You can't do over medium. You can't flip it to two sides for three minutes. If that, that's fucking too long. And she she was was like, like, I'm sorry, we're just going to try. And I was like, that's all you had to say was that you were going to try. I don't need to hear no from you. Mm. I need to hear you got it. You definitely got an over medium egg full of spit. I don't think so, but I got a hard egg. Mm. They said no. You've seen waiting. 
Yeah. I mean, I've worked in restaurants. Right. They don't really spit in your food. I know. But <laughs> all I know is that instead of giving me an over medium egg, they said, you're getting an over hard egg, bitch. <laughs> and I, um, I ate it. Was it good? That was the last time I went to Red Robin. Mm, I got a Red Robin gift card that I lost. Because you're not about to tell me no at a kitchen. And so Mike had this thing where he would always tell me, he's like, you are in an off, off, what is a la carte bitch is what it, I mean, he didn't just call me a bitch, but he was like, you're all, he said, I'm an a la carte face ass. <laughs> That's actually funny. Cause like, he's like, you never order on the menu, which I'm much you better. Need a menu? <laughs> you have a kitchen back. You have a kitchen, right? I'm you about have to tell ingredients. you what I want. <laughs> tell you what I want. So yeah, I used to totally be an off mm, off the menu bitch. You're like a la carte today, lady. I today not so much. Today I'm like, all right, you know what? My my palate's a little bit more like it isn't as specific. I just mm. I get what I get and I don't complain. <laughs> but before I was like, like excuse me, there's a kitchen. It's like it's like asking for lemonade at a at a, at a restaurant they're mm-hmm. like we don't do lemonade and you're like you have lemons don't you right you have sugar you definitely have water you have water let me get those three things please i want lemonade <laughs> i want you to make it for me you specifically <laughs> <laughs> that you know, is totally something i would do. i wasn't i you know i it's like i was oh, just we'll like entitled and you <laughs> you're gonna make it for me i want to watch you sweat <laughs> You know, and like that was me like before I I worked in like the restaurant industry and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But and also like just entitled and just a whole bunch of things. Of course, of course. But I just, I just, to me, then answer no was not possible. Mm. It just didn't make any sense. If a kitchen was present. If a kitchen, are you serious? Right. Like, are you serious? Am I going to be like, (laughs) babe, one time we went to Chili's and we had like the worst service. He was like, you expect great service at Chili's. That's a good point. And I was like, but we're, he was like, babe, it's Chili's. They have a two for 20. I'm talking about like ignore. They're telling you we want to not be at your table. We want to yeah. spend all this time cooking. And it only really happened one time. But I, w- I was also in like a really bad mood. Um, for I don't even know why I was in a bad mood. Oh, I was in a bad mood because they were slow. It was like mm. 20 minutes before anybody seated us at Chili's. It wasn't bu- mm. and it wasn't busy unless it was a Tuesday, you know those uh, the oh yeah 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 the, those like taco things the or night the night walkers of the town mm. go to Chili's on Tuesday nights. Is that a reference? Uh, no, I just didn't know of a better, more respectable word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, they only come out. They're like the <laughs> the husbands that hate being at home. Oh, they're like Taco Tuesday. Yeah, the like. The trucker that has a best friend that mm. wants to be friends with everyone at the bar. Mm. They're all at Chili's. Well. I've never had a good at, Chili's experience. At this Chili's, they weren't there. Mm. Because it was, it just wasn't busy. And so I thought maybe they're short staff. I just was trying to be considerate of the thing. And the so the hostess came and I was like, oh, are you guys like short staff or something? Just because took so long she was like no i'm just like looking after my employees and i'm like <laughs> making sure that they're okay and i was like am i about to fight this cunt right now like you what yeah last my last you, brawl was what what do you mean your last brawl oh yeah uh, you're still brawling no, brawling no, this was a long time ago oh okay but okay. I, the very last brawl i was in <laughs> was at a chili's 
Oh my god! Uh, it, honestly, it was not even my fault at all, though. Okay. I'm there with friends. We're eating, and mm-hmm. this gentleman and his wife walk by our table, and then he launches this hardcore loogie at my feet. <gasps> he was like, "Pow!" Oh my right god! At my feet. And it was like on site. I was like, oh. "Hey, bro, let's go outside." And he was like, fuck you. Fuck. Basically, he had confused me for this neighbor that he hates. Oh. I found this out after the fact. Yeah, He had confused me for this neighbor and he spit at me. And I was like, Damn. let's go outside. And we did and we brawled. And like his wife got involved. The girl that was at our table got involved. One of my friends tried to break it. It was bad. Oh, my God. But it was a long time ago. This was here in Gwinnett. <laughs> That's a very Gwinnett thing. Yeah. I'm not surprised. It's You know what, though? It's not Atlanta. Yeah, it's not Atlanta. So, at least. Sweetie told us best. <laughs> oh, no. What's her name? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Almoretta. 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 She told us not Atlanta. Um, but If I ever see you, Chili's guy, it is definitely on site. How dare you? He might be dead by now. Maybe. He was an old... Uh, latin gentleman mm. oh you know what don't, don't even get his me. wife was yakubian mm. well like i said don't even <laughs> i i cannot unpack that today i feel you cannot unpack that today yeah, i don't want to think about him but uh but yeah i mean overall it's been a great episode oh, it, was fantastic. it was so fun to watch it. and i mean i'm i I'm any predictions for the next two episodes? I'm really excited to see what's about to happen with Jack, Paul, and Pat. Mm. Like, I'm a, there's like a pretty uh, not obvious, but it seems like they're alluding towards an answer. Mm-hmm. But the way the the plot has been twisting this season, yeah, I'm expecting something. Do you think that Paul's gonna like pull it? What I think is Paul is going to end up dropping out and Jack and Pat are going to have to coach together. That's what I thought, too. That's what I think is going to happen. I felt like he's he's giving me I'm going to give this up. Yeah. Like this health Jack crisis is right. was the sign. Yeah. But at the same time. That scene in the hospital where Jack visits Paul mm-hmm. and they finally talk it out. Right. And Jack goes, you know, he starts seemingly friendly. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I hear you. Does it come with stabbing in the back? Ugh. And I was like, oh, no. What's going on? Who is this? Mm. And then you can literally see. I mean, Jason Siegel did a great job. You can see the, like, disbelief in his face where he's just like, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. Everything I've done for you, Jack. And you call me, what was it? Uh, dilettante. Dilettante. I'm taking that. He yeah. called me a dilettante. <laughs> like... <laughs> Wow, dude. Because <laughs> it was, uh, to me, it was great to see that sequence right before the All Star break where Paul and Pat are in the locker room with the players. And then it seems like Paul has been regularly doing this thing where he reads his Shakespeare quote at the end of the games. Oh, that touched <laughs> And they me. all grabbed the shaving cream and did it together. And they're all just like yeah, laughing like, ah, and giggling and giggling. just like bubbles and just. Right. And then Jack walks in. <laughs> He's uh, like, you missed a spot. Yeah, missed a spot. It's like, all right, Spock, chill out, bro. You know, I I think that's that's gotta hurt. It's the system to to see your team move on without you. That's a good point. That's just especially because 
you were in an accident mm-hmm. and you're also older. True. There, there might be some ageism in this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel for Jack in that way, but he's just, you know, he's exciting, but he's also so rigid. Mm-hmm. You I was know. Ask, do you have any predictions for the um, coming episodes? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, you kind of ask some good questions like, who would it be? Would it be Paul going through with it? Or is it Pat really coming, you know, gun for like the top? Right. And I just want more Pat. That's all. Mm. Everyone else can fuck off. <laughs> oh, you know what I did want to touch on though? What? Um, when. Dr. Buss had driven Lucia home mm. and he broke down in front of her. Yeah. But then he started like groping her and stuff. Yeah. And she let him. Mm-hmm. I feel like outside of it being like, you know, it seems like something's going on between them mm-hmm. clearly. And she was kind of either accepting it or being very, very motherly about it. Okay. It seemed like that was Dr. Buss's way of dealing with what he was feeling. Mm, like him spending time with women is almost like Coping what he didn't mechanism. get with his mom. Right. Because she was also single and young. Mm. and Because it's clear how much he loves and respects his mom. Right? He yeah. talks about it all the time. But it seems like that void. Yeah. That That's kind of where it comes from. Is filled with women. That's interesting. I I didn't even think about it that way when he was groping her. <laughs> I looked at it from the play. I looked at it from her, the nurse's angle, mm. and I I felt bad for Buzz because he was breaking down with the nurse, and he like drove her home. Right. You know, after she experienced some embarrassment of what her his daughter thought they were initially right. doing, because exactly. he was initially just offering to pay for her school because he was optimistic and hopeful about right, his mom. Was, and it's a very generous, because he saw, he saw Lucia. There's a lot of parallels. Yeah, he saw the parallel between his mom and Lucia. And totally. so I thought he was going to ask her to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> but he asked to pay for her school, which is way better. Mm. Um, and when they were in the car, what I noticed was him breaking down, but also me looking at Lucia and being like, this must happen often for her mm. because she's the hospice nurse and she mentioned like, oh, the other family, you should have seen them. They were worse and they were That's like, a good point. She said, I've seen worse. I've seen worse. And I thought she's probably, she probably thought he was like safe and like good. And I think him kind of groping her in that moment, she had to decide mm. how is this going to work for me? Totally. You can see the like. She doesn't um, know what to do in, this in that moment. moment. Yeah, yeah, you can see the the discombobulation in her face because he's fragile too, right? So she has an opportunity here to either not take advantage of him in a sense, but potentially, the, but use her, use him to her advantage, right? right. I, I don't know who, if she even plays a role in his I real life. Don't know either. But I, I saw her and I was like frightened for her because I thought. What is she going to do? Because there is a power play here, right? She works for him. He's in distress. And he is, like, touching her because that's his coping thing. And they made a connection. And they made a deep connection through relation. And so now, what does she do? Mm -hmm. Because does she like him? But he's her boss. But also, like, he's touching her. Mm -hmm. But she's letting him. But, like... 
does she even have an option? Exactly. I kind of feel like, did she even have a choice? It, it, it felt almost like that was the price for paying for her school. Right. If maybe right. she was feeling that in that moment. Like, I, this needs to happen. I need to allow this. Almost kind of the same way where Paul tells Pat, I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And I felt like. You this, don't get it. I don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. And so Paul gives him the choice. Bus gives her the choice, mm-hmm. you know, because one of the things about this show that I think does really well is like it gives main character energy to people who aren't the main character. Oh, that's a fantastic point, actually. You know what I mean? Totally. I like I know magic is a, supposedly the main character, but I don't know if he is like he is the main character because we follow a lot of him mm-hmm. more than anything. But I don't ever feel like the show is exclusively about him. That's or exclusive really about Dr. Bus. Mm-hmm. It, it, you have your episodes where it's about Kareem. You have your episodes where it's about Bus Magic. And then you have the episodes where it's about the employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jerry had an episode. Um, Jeannie. Jeannie. Um, um, uh, I mean, basically all of them. Even um, the episode with Magic and uh, Norman Nixon. Right yeah. In the beginning. Right? That was yeah. like a Norman episode. Yeah. Um, I feel like Palm Springs had an episode. Yeah, totally. That's definitely. reference because Coachella's happening in Palm Springs right now. Oh. So, you know, it all ties together. Man. But, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, you think Lucia is going to be a recurring character for the rest? I don't know. And that's the thing. I don't know because mm. it kind of felt like she was going to be main character. Me too. Like, or supporting actress, supporting character to Bus is mm. like mourning journey since I'm assuming Miss Jesse Bus is going to die in the next episode. Probably. Or in the last episode. Yep. So I don't know. Like, I, I feel like she might re- replace and I, I wonder if she's a real person for him and then if she is then we're gonna see that yeah but i don't know i don't know that's gonna be tough to watch if i'm being honest but i don't know if that also means like there's gonna be a season two or if is this Mm. just like a short right you know like like a a limited limited series yeah yeah it's a good point i don't know you know could it be renewed for a second time because then if it would be renewed for a second time which dynasty would we cover now would we cover kobe and Shaq? right or like because as far as real life goes um, Magic and Larry clash basically their whole careers, mm. and um, they're they're intertwined. Just what seems like forever, indefinitely. But uh, I'm very curious to see what direction is going to take. If there's two more episodes left, I think we'll have a better idea at least by next episode. Yeah. If they're going to try and like come to a conclusion mm-hmm. or leave it open-ended i think yeah i'm I, i'd be interested to see how, if it will be renewed mm-hmm. and how would that play out yeah, it's in be, the same way that like succession has played out or right. other shows that were limited series that ended up getting renewed mm-hmm. um did you know that kareem uh, the Kareem actor, the one, the, the actor who plays Kareem, is an actual basketball player. Really? He played for California, UCAL. Mm, I wow. think he's from the area. That's cool. It adds up. He's, he's actually in the basketball scenes. Yeah, you and notice he's Magic's actor has a double. I kind of noticed that yeah, a little bit because the, the body, the legs, the, legs, the thighs—they're yeah, insane. Got some thunderous thighs. They're insane. But the double, they're like sticks. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's because yeah. because I was just like wondering how do they get this person, this actor who isn't a basketball player, play Kareem? Like, you mean to tell me a guy of that height right. not be a basketball player exactly. at all? Right, and he's an actor, and he's an actor. I was like guys that tall aren't just actors it's mm-hmm. a good point and then i looked into it and it, he's actually a basketball player oh, cool. like i just couldn't i was like i needed to figure this out and yeah. out, he graduated and he didn't pursue the nba mm. he pursued acting wow yeah so this is his first role and he plays kareem yeah, so he does well. so well i'm so, curious to see when we're gonna get the actual kareem look the final one because the kareem looks different when he's a laker that's yeah I, how he looks on tv right now in the show Really? Yeah, I'm curious to see if that because if it doesn't get touched on, yeah, if it's an important enough point, yeah, I could totally see that being an extension. Interesting. So I there's wonder. A lot. There's some other players that don't get introduced. James Worthy is a lot. There's a lot. Honestly, wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I think we're at the end of the episode. That's it. That's it. I mean, I think we've covered it. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. You guys already know, reach out all our socials. Things will be in the notes. Um, or Gmail. Yeah, so um, I guess until next time.